right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Wednesday, this hump day. But it is not only hump day, it is Sportsline Day. That's right. If you go to sportsline.com slash join and enter trophy to get your first month for $1. Monster promotion we're doing out here. See, uh, Sportsline, monster partner of ours. Appreciate all they do. It's outstanding for all your fantasy football cheat sheets, everything you need. Make sure you go check it out. We have a big show lined up for you. We're going to get into Gronk, his interesting comments from yesterday. We're going to have our guy, Emery Hunt, going to join Still us, it. give us his picks for the college football weekend. And I cannot wait to dive into Carly Lloyd in the NFL. Raja Bell has some interesting comments on that. We will dive into that later in the show. But first, I mentioned it right off the top. Rob Gronkowski yeah. um, had some interesting comments yesterday. They made the rounds where he did not exactly rule out a return to football, but he also talked about what the game has done to his body, mentally, physically, all of those things. But instead of me telling you, how about we hear it from his mouth? Here's Rob Gronkowski yesterday. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. F- football was t- bringing me down, and I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life, like the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh, <laughs> dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it. And I knew what I signed up for, and I knew what I was fighting through. And I knew i just have to fix myself. Not in the foreseeable future of like a week or a month, but maybe down the road, whenever, if I got to have that desire again, I got to have that passion. I got to have that fire. And I got to have that sustainability to know if I go back out there, I can sustain it every week, week in, week out. I'm not going to go out there and, and be beat the F up, you know, and feeling like crap. That's not the way to live. That's not the way to play football. All right, pretty raw, honest emotion from Gronk there. Almost brought to tears when he talked about the joy of the game being taken away from him. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that at all. But what I did take away from that, he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you opened the door wide open. Was he? I, was he? Was that a like CBD medic? Is yeah, is his, yeah. He was doing that. He was a paid sponsor. He's promoting this CBD. Was he promoting that like that's helping him? Yes. He said that because I listened to a whole interview. Not not regain the joy, but it's helping his mental it's helping his physical health. So then I question whether or not like opening the door for the comeback is a real genuine thing or if that's just the promotion part of this brand. Like do you know what I mean? Like if the brand is rejuvenating his spirits and he's back and 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 then opens up the possibility for him to return to football, could that just be like marketing for the Could brand? Be. Absolutely. And it would be genius right. marketing if that was the case. Uh, he did reference how now he feels much better physically because he has this whole CBD team from this CBD medic around him. Right. There's also a push and he is pushing. He's one of the players pushing it to get CBD as an allowed substance to sure. handle uh, pain medication as opposed to opioids, which I'm totally okay with. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd look at it skeptically too. Yeah. I'm not saying that everything about that CBD and his condition isn't true. Like I, 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 there could be merit to all of that. I don't know, but I'm, I, I think that Rob Gronkowski is a better actor than we give him credit for. You do. You don't, you don't I do. Think I think that tears? was, no, you I think, think those that, tears were on. I think cue? that was scripted a little bit. I think that was Even a little the emotion. I do really, yeah. man, he must be up for an Oscar. Yeah, no, I think I, your book. I mean, Here's what I think. I think Rob Gronkowski is a football player. Right. Right. I mean, that's the most obvious statement you could make. He's kind of that typical, like, dumb knucklehead. Yeah. All he does is play football. Now, I do think he's much smarter than he leads on. Correct. 
But I also do think he will miss the game. I don't think he's missed it this offseason. I don't think he's missed getting healthy. But I think when he's sitting there in December and he's watching the Patriots make a playoff run and all of a sudden his buddy Tom Brady calls him up and says, hey, you only have to come back for a couple regular season games, sure. make a run in the playoffs, you can get another Super Bowl ring, and oh, by the way, you've been sitting there getting healthier and healthier and healthier for the last three months, then I think it becomes really tempting for Rob Gronkowski, and I do think he comes back. That's a different story. Right. right? That's I, I agree with you 100%. Look, you, you, you know how your body has a clock? Like when the kids go yep. back to school, you know, even on a weekend, everybody in the house pops up at like 7 o'clock, latest 7.30 because you can't sleep in anymore, right? Summertime, 10 o'clock is the wake-up call. Uh Retired athletes have the same clock. Like you, yep. you're you, I'm not even retired athletes, athletes in general. You're sitting around, even in a lockout season as an NBA player. Come September, you're like, I'm supposed to be somewhere. Like it's weird that I'm still sitting at home, right? I should have checked in. Like we should have, we should have been going to training camp. Like you have this clock. And so he'll be no different in retirement. It'll all be great. You know, enjoy himself. He'll do it. He'll make the rounds. And to your point, he'll be sitting around somewhere being like, man, this is the time of year where I really like lock in. And we're making a push and he'll, he will miss that. Every athlete goes through that. Whether you can resist the temptation to come back or not is a different story, but everybody goes through that when they retire, especially if you're, if you're relatively young when you do retire. And nobody misses training camp. Nobody no. misses OTAs. No. All the things he's been skipping have been fun. Like right. you don't miss those. You miss Sunday. He's yeah, you don't miss, miss yeah. watching the games on Sunday and seeing his team, his buddies go out there and enjoy some of the glory mm-hmm. and experience a win, experiencing a big catch. He's going to miss that. And I think that's why eventually he does come back. Can I, I, can I name drop again? Yeah, let's hear name it. Drop. I've dropped the name good before. It is. You better bring it. But it was Reggie Wayne again because our sons play on the same football team. <laughs> yep. So we had this conversation last night because I asked him about the Andrew Luck thing because yep. he knows yeah, you know, Andrew well. Sure. So, you know, we were talking about it and it got into he and I in, in, in our retirement life or our retired life and, and how we felt. And we both felt kind of the same way. Like we didn't, nobody misses the practices. You do miss the games. And more importantly, you miss and, and, you just miss the guys. You yeah. miss the camaraderie. You miss the plane rides, the the meals, like the joking around, the talking stuff in the locker room, the clowning. Like those are the things that you miss more than the practices. But he also said that, you know, he felt it his first year around the playoff time. Like it was it was later in the season when he felt like he should be making a push with someone and that's when it really hit him that uh that that he was retired and 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 started to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's what'll happen to Gronk too. It was interesting because no one criticized Rob Gronkowski and you didn't see many people criticize Andrew Luck but you did hear some uh some and you did the big thing I think with Andrew Luck and his retirement was the timing right nobody I don't think anybody can say yay that's good timing obviously he had to make that decision for himself and he did it like and it's something where I don't think it would have been a healthy situation for anybody the Colts included if Andrew Luck would have just said yeah I'm gonna go into this half you know, half of whatever, you know, sure. what I'm you know, like, half you know, butt. yeah, exactly. Where I'm not going to give it my all. I think that even subjects him to further injury. It doesn't make the team as good. The team can sense it. Like, I don't think that's a good situation either. Um, but I do think that's why Gronk, no one ever questioned it because it kind of been talked about. That's the other thing too. Andrew Luck had never mentioned retirement. Gronk had for a couple right. years. He was saying, you know, what the game is doing to my body. Uh, it isn't, uh, you know, it is becoming an issue and this is why I am where I am. And so no one was surprised, uh, as caught off guard as you were with Andrew Luck. You're you know, not even close. Y- yeah. I th- look, I've always said I, su- I support Andrew Luck, right? But I think it's fair that he gets criticized for the timing of it. Like that just is yeah, what it is, right? Totally. Uh, if it, so let's get that out of the way. I, Rob Gronkowski, for some reason, I know Andrew Luck was injured. Mm-hmm. 
a lot. Yep. Right. But Rob Gronkowski, maybe because he plays the position that he plays, he you could see his injuries. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could see him lumbering with his and big could, old arm brace and, and the and knee like, brace like and robot. all of that. Like you, it wasn't as visual with with um Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. You know, even yeah. though he might have been even you know more severely injured than Rob Gronkowski. If you will, but it didn't play out like right in front of your eyes, like Gronk's, like Gronk's did, you know. So, like I think there's something to be said for that too, like the optics of it um, for Gronk. You just saw him look like a robot at the end. I do think the NFL has a problem that is starting to crop up. We saw it with Calvin Johnson again. He was injured a lot and yeah. wasn't winning, so he decided to hang it up early. Uh, when I say early, I picture 29-30, where especially if you're a, a Pro Bowl caliber player, mm-hmm. you could easily play two, three, four more years, and instead, Andrew Luck hangs it up. It's right. not worth it on my body. Gronk, eh, it's not worth it on my body. Uh, Doug Baldwin, you know, hey, it's becoming too much of a grind. Here is a massive part of this conversation that has to be had. The money allows them to retire early. Um, you know, Andrew Luck, $97 million. We talked about that. Gronk has made a lot of money, and he's been pretty smart with it. Calvin Johnson... Well, had made a massive payday of which the Detroit Lions tried to get back some, which was kind of messed up. But the money is becoming such, and I'm sure that you had players that you crossed paths with when you were playing. You might have even had a number yeah. in your head. Maybe for Andrew Luck, it was, hey, I got $100 million. I don't need to do anything else. You certainly and, don't. And for different guys, <laughs> it might be $5 million. It yeah. might be $10 million. It might be $20 million. And now it's easier to obtain that goal at a younger age. Right. And football is a sport where I'm telling you guys don't love it. They say they love it, but it takes its toll on the body. And once they're able to stand up on their own financially, they're going to be more empowered to say, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Sure. Cause I do think it, I don't think Andrew Luck hangs it up if he'd only made 900,000 in his career. Right. And he didn't come from a family that had sure. financial means. If he had to, yeah, he referenced a young child he wants to spend time with, which I commend him for. But maybe you want to set your child up more financially after football. Maybe it's a little bit, you have a little more drive and desire to fight through some of those injuries that you've had to deal with. Absolutely. Look, where I said it yesterday, like where where you come from and what football, you know, represented as a, as a kid, I think plays a huge factor, you know, in, in whether or not you can walk away from it as easily or, or, or not, right? Like if it, if it is your vehicle to get out of somewhere, it's not always that easy to get out. Now, once you, stacked away enough chips to like generationally like support like your, yeah. your kids and their grand like you can walk away from whatever you know and you, i don't want to walk away that's from. the case with baseball or basketball I, I think it's interesting though this conversation we've had about nba players and their their leverage and their ownership of the power that they have and they've the, the recognition of that and the way they wield that power now nfl players don't have a lot of power we talked you asked mark cuban yesterday about yeah. it right this is their power you give us massive signing bonuses like we cash in on that the only real thing we can do to exercise that is say hey i've had enough once i've got my money i've had enough you're not going to keep using my body like that do you know what i mean so it, look i don't know that you're going to start seeing you know 15 guys retire next season at, at the age of 31 but i do think it's going to be more prevalent like you'll see guys once they've once they've hit that magic number for them or once they've said hey i'm relatively you know I've come away unscathed for the most part. Like I've had no catastrophic injuries. I got forty, fifty million dollars. Like I, I came from nothing. I got a great education. Like everybody in my family set up. Yeah. I did what I needed to do. I'm out. I'm bouncing. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see them. And and kudos to you for figuring out. Like you don't have to be used up by this by the system. And this isn't a 
This isn't a a, a uh, political take or anything like that. Yeah. Leagues will use you up. Oh, for sure. They'll use you up. I was up a as piece as... of meat. Yes. And they will view you. And no matter if you have guaranteed contracts or not guaranteed contracts, every NFL team in front office is going to look at you as a pawn. NBA, and, MLB, and, yes, absolutely. they will use you up. So if you, you know, as a professional, as a, as a professional person, not an athlete, you know, take, take some of the power that you have, see the situation for what it is. And when, when you can get away, if you feel like getting away, bounce. Yeah, for sure. Um, Moving on to other parts of the NFL, the Ezekiel Elliott holdout continues to go on as he's trading in Cabo. Uh, he has been working out with Marshall Falk, former uh, NFL yeah. player, longtime player, Hall of Famer, incredible career as a running back. And Marshall Falk has been making some really interesting comments as far as Zeke's future. He called him, uh, he called Dak Prescott a quote bum in a conversation when they were talking about what would Dak be without Zeke. And more importantly, he said once they give him that kind of money based on his work, he'll be a bum. I was shocked at this coming from Marshall Falk. I really was. Uh, I respect his voice. I think he knows the game. I think he's not giving Dak Prescott enough credit. Maybe if you say he's just going to be an average quarterback or he's going to be an Andy Dalton, which right. I think is the kind of the low end of where it could be. I think he could be an average boring quarterback but a bum to me makes sound like a bust and maybe we're interpreting the word differently but bum is really harsh to it's, describe it's really harsh you know you have like guy code um <laughs> yes. you know what i mean like this yeah. is like pro sport code like you're you're a hall of fame vet unless you have a personal beef with dak prescott that's what why, it feels like to me yeah but i mean i why would he why, where were their past i mean i don't know i'm not i don't but i'm like aside from that personal beef that is really harsh and it's a little irresponsible i, I think, think so of marshall falk like you don't you don't really need to be doing that to a young uh, a young dude in the league right so here's one thing i find is an interesting angle to this marshall falk story is he's not in broadcasting anymore he ran into a couple problems at the nfl network so here we go we're so you know what he's trying to do now yeah, he's built he's building a little brain he wants, he wants to be an agent i think he's, oh, and he's training marshall falk right he's even gotten to more conversation about Zeke's contract situation. Right. He was spoke with Ed Werder from ESPN and said he thinks that the, this contract holdout will go into the regular season. His quote was, the question is, are the Cowboys willing to have him miss games because they don't believe he should be the highest paid running back? Um, he's been out there being pretty vocal about this situation specifically. I think he's trying to get um, Zeke as, an, as a client. Right. And I think he's trying to set himself as being the agent to the running backs. Because they are a disgruntled group right now, and who better to lead them than a former running back who knows the position better than any of them? That's an interesting thought. That, that isn't it. I, no? I mean, I didn't. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought. I would be careful if I were Zeke and Camp um, with Marshall Falk speaking if he's not speaking for you. Like right. if these are not things that that you have said to him and you don't mind being put out there, right? I would be careful with him voicing his own opinion. Right. And people misconstruing it for the way I and my camp feel if I'm Ezekiel Elliott. See, this is where I give Jerry Jones a lot of credit. He called out Zeke's agent and said, I think he's getting bad advice. Uh -huh. This kind of makes it look like he's he's got another voice in his ear who may not be giving him the best advice. And they're all telling him, hey, you sit out, you sit out, you sit out. When Jerry Jones has a history of being able to 
sit out when you're talking about one of the greatest all time. Emmett Smith did miss regular season games in a contract to hold. Oh, but he still became the highest paid running right, back exactly. in the NFL he at the time. After a time. So it ultimately, who won that? Right, exactly. Emmett did. Uh, but, so, I mean, Jerry won too. They won a Super Bowl that year. Exactly. So maybe that is one of the first, uh, one of the only teams, uh, the first team to lose their first two games and go on to win the Super Bowl uh, in large part because they did get him back. There's a lot of history to play here. This is crazy. I do. I it. I, it is really crazy. It's interesting because I, I like the way though Marshall Falk. Although I, I didn't like what he said about uh, Dak. I, I do like the way he is challenging like the media's spin on something. Like right. Like everybody's like, oh, is Deke is Zach uh, or gee, I'm getting them all. <laughs> is, <laughs> is Zeke willing to mispay? And he's like, no, no, no. You guys are looking at it wrong. Like we need to shift. Are the Cowboys willing to? Mis- and I do think if you're if there's an equation there, I think the Cowboys need Zeke more than Zeke needs them right now. Do you understand? You know what I, I mean? I totally agree. Now, I know he's got no leverage in it or anything like that. But here's the thing. That year, which you referenced, when they had 0-2, they did start 0-2, so they were more desperate. Yeah. Their schedule this year, and I know you can fall, you can get guilty. That's the, false money, though. That's, that's fool's gold, because you're going to, well, you're going to win those K games, and then. Yeah, but that puts the more pressure on Zeke saying, hey, we beat the Giants, we beat the Redskins, we beat the Dolphins. We all know those are probably winnable games, and they should. And then it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep sitting out, missing game checks? They can't win a Super Bowl without him. I agree. I do. I agree. I don't even know if they can win the division without him. Well, I mean, I, if I'm him, I'm, I mean, yeah, the checks become very real when right. you haven't put away. And so it puts some pressure. Now, here's the gamble that Zeke would take. What if they lost against the Giants? Then all of a sudden, you got all leverage. Right. You're like, hey, you better come call me as soon as the game hits zero. If you are upset in that game, you've got all of a sudden get a lot more leverage. I think you got to roll the dice in game one if you're or be willing to. Like if, if they don't, Zeke. if you're Zeke and they haven't come with the deal, I think you have to be willing. You've taken it this far. Like you guys are, the, I think you have to be willing to roll the dice for game one, right? Like yeah. you talked all that junk. You got, I mean, it's, yeah, it, exactly. it's, it's pooper get off the pot. Every negotiation is all fun and games until somebody walks away from the table. Right. And I don't, I still don't think we're there yet. There's still another week left, like till the regular season. I think we have about a 10 day window before the Cowboys start to get really nervous and Zeke gets to start yeah. to get really nervous. That's when the rubber meets the road and you'll see actually who's willing to take that hard road. Now it looks like both of them are willing to say no one's going to blank, Ooh, but wait till it actually gets to be time when you have uh, both parties ready to go. All right, welcome back to Kennell and Bell, one of our favorite times of the week. Our guy, Emery Hunt, joins us, and it's a special day because it is Sportsline Day. If you go to sportsline.com slash join and enter trophy, you can get your first month for $1, and then it's just $9.99 a month after that. So make sure you go to sportsline.com and check out that offer. But we got to get to business right now because Emery's got to give us some of our picks. Let's dive in. Monster weekend, full slate, week one of college football is here. Army is taking on Rice. Army had a fantastic season last year. One of those schools kind of flying under the radar because they're not a Power 5 team. But Coach Munkin has done an outstanding job there. They are a 22.5-point favorite against Rice. Who do you like, Emery? I like Army in this game. So lay all the points with Army. I'll give you even one better. If Army gets past week two against Michigan, which Ooh. I think they can, they won't lose a game all season long. This okay. Black Knights team is outstanding. Hey, I like that. All right, let's move over to the ACC. We got FS Who. Ah, uh, stop I it. believe they're at home uh, laying four and a half to Boise State. I like the fact that they went with Blackman as a starter. I think he got better last year as the season went on. I would leave the points with Florida State in this one. I think they avoid the upset in the second year of Willie Taggart's era. 
Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at these stats. Uh, Florida State, 1-5 against the spread in the past six <laughs> games in August. And Boise State's 3-0-1 against the spread in the past four games on grass. I don't like those trends, but I love your pick, Emery. I'm going to roll with uh, Florida State as well, laying the 4.5. How about Georgia Southern getting 27.5 on the road versus LSU? Now, listen, I was on this very show last year, and I told you guys about Army and Oklahoma. It's tough to blow an option team. That's what LSU is going to face in Georgia Southern. That game is going to be a lot closer than people think. So take Georgia Southern and the points, especially with Shy Words back there at quarterback. He provides a dual threat of the option, so he makes it a quadruple option because he can also throw the football. I think that game is going to be fun to watch. Very close game, but LSU will win it, but take Georgia Southern and the points. Uh, I might tune in to watch that. I like to watch option teams. I don't. Yeah, I don't no, it's fun it's to always, watch. Yeah. I hate playing it or spending <laughs> right, it, but right. I love watching it. All right, all right, Emery, tell us about Notre Dame uh, at Louisville, giving up, uh, what are they, laying 20? Yeah, I would lay all the points with Notre Dame in this one. You know more about Notre Dame and their offense than you do about Louisville and what to expect from the Cardinals, and I just don't think they're a very good football team right now, so trust Notre Dame in this opener to get the job done. Yeah, this one has a lot of trends in Notre Dame's favor. 6-2 and two against the spread in the past eight September games. Louisville struggling 1-7 and seven against the spread in their past eight September games, so I like that play as well. Notre Dame's a team we always kind of forget about because when we do picks, it's always Power 5 champions, and who's right. just Notre Dame always kind of flies under the radar. There they are coming off the playoff appearance last year. People sleeping on them a little bit too, I think. All right, Alcorn State. 23-and-a-half-point dog against Southern Miss on the road. Who do you like? I like Alcorn State to cover in this game. So take Alcorn State and the points. The reason being, this is a very strong Braves football team. They can run the football. They have a great tailback, a pro prospect, and Deshaun Waller. Noah Johnson is probably going to play receiver in the NFL. So he's another dual threat that they have in the backfield. Their defensive front seven is one of the best I've seen in the FCS. They'll slow down this Southern Miss offense, and there's a lot of commonality between these two as Jay Hobson was a former head coach at Alcorn State, and now he's on the opposite side with Fred McNair, who's doing a great job with the Braves. I think this game will be closer than people expect in week one, so take the Braves and the points in this one. Oh, all right. Let's move on to probably, I mean, probably a game of the weekend, oh, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Oregon and Auburn. Oregon plus three and a half. You know, I'm surprised there are underdogs in this game. I would take Oregon – and the points in this one, I know Auburn has a great offensive scheme. They do a great job up front, especially along the offensive line. But you're starting a true freshman quarterback against one of the more experienced teams in the Pac-12 in Oregon. So I would take Oregon, Justin Herbert, and the points in this one to take care of Auburn. I do like Bo Nix, but not right now against the Ducks. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to see it. Oregon, one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12 and maybe in the country against Auburn's defensive line, which is as stout as it comes. So it could be a battle of trenches in that game for sure. All right, so those are your picks. you got Army, Florida State, Georgia Southern, Notre Dame, Alcorn State, and Oregon as your picks. Let's get your thoughts because I'm curious to know your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott. We don't do a lot of other kind of opinionated topics, but I'm curious to hear your opinion on what the Cowboys should do with Zeke. They have to pay him. I think you should pay him, Dak, and also Amari Cooper. It's not like Jerry Jones doesn't have the money to get it done. I do think Zeke has a little bit of leverage. He'll lose it as the season starts because the way the schedule sets up, Dallas could easily be 4-0 and say, hey, we don't need you. But I think he'll get back there before week one. All cooler heads will prevail, and they'll pay Zeke as they should because he's, in my opinion, the best running back in the game. Henry. Jacoby Brissett with the Andrew Luck retirement, obviously all the odds shifted and shuffled when when that happened. How do you feel about the Colts as a betting option uh, led by Jacoby Brissett? 
I think they'll be just fine. I think this is a 10-win team. The last time we saw him at quarterback, starting quarterback for the Colts, that offensive line wasn't as good as it is now. The weapons they had on a perimeter wasn't as deep as they do now with Devin Funches and also Paris Campbell and all of those tight ends that they have. This is a much better offense. This is a much better defense. I think arguably the best, one of the best defenses in the AFC. So they'll be better defensively. They're much better up front and also on the perimeter. Jacoby Brissett is stepping into a turnkey situation where they can still contend for the AFC South title. Awesome stuff. I think there's some value there, too, with the Colts. No one's giving them a shot, and that's oftentimes where you can pick up somebody on the cheap. I think it's time to do that with the uh, Colts pick for sure. Emery, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys. All right, make sure you go to sportsline.com slash join and enter trophy to get your first month for $1 and then $9.99 a month after. You get all of Emery's picks, plus winning picks from 40 Vegas experts and projection simulations from a computer model that went 30 and 15 on its NFL picks last year and is up more than $4,500 on college football picks against the spread all time. Plus DFS lineups from DFS millionaire Mike McClure. Make sure you go to sportsline.com to check out those offers. Uh, quickly, before we get to more Colts, I want to hit on Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Raja, yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger had a sit down, was talking about his relationship with Antonio Brown. It's complex, right? Yeah. We all know that it's fallen apart somewhat as they've both taken shots at one another. Ben has tried to calm it down a little bit. He was out there talking about it, and he was asked, why did you call him out in your radio? Right. Interview? Which I criticized Ben Roethlisberger sure. at the time, too. He said, I wish I wouldn't have done it, Roethlisberger said. Obviously, we saw what happened, and obviously, it ruined a friendship. It just got caught up in emotion and the heat of the battle. So this video is tweeted out there. Yep. AB quote tweets it with the comment, never friends, just had to get my ends. Shut up already. Hey, keep my name Ooh, out your mouth. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, obviously, um, one of them yes. <laughs> felt differently than the other. They probably um, genuinely now they don't like each other. Correct. Ben is taking the high road, trying to play that politician role of quarterback, and AB is like, "Screw that! This guy threw me under the bus. We ain't friends. Never been friends. Shut up." Sounds like AB was was. Friendly because he realized that man needed to throw him the ball, right? Probably wasn't really, really cool with him, but doesn't make no sense to be an enemy with your quarterback, right? So you're going to, you know, make friends, at least make it look like we're friends so that I can get that ball because that's how I get my bread. Um, I, I think Ben probably just misunderstood the situation a little bit. AB probably was cool with you, bro, because you were the quarterback. He recognized that you were the, the golden child and that everything was going to run through you and it made sense to be friendly. Not necessarily friends. Uh, there's an interesting tweet. Uh, this is from 2016. <laughs> National Best Friends Day. <laughs> and this is from Antonio Brown. So yeah. he made it sound like they were best friends, obviously playing the game. That boy was trying to get his money, baby. I, absolutely. Yeah, he was. I need Take the ball. Care. You have to have a good relationship with your quarterback and vice versa. If you're a quarterback, you want a good relationship with your, um, your receivers. And I don't think it means you have to hang on the weekends, right? Guys are different. And that's the difference about the NFL. Because some guys are married, some guys are single, some guys like to party, it, some guys don't. Who's it more important for? Is it more well, the quarterback? You want to make sure you. Gotta it's make sure more important for the receiver happy. to have a, a, a. No, 
I, I think it's more important for the team that everybody gets along. Yeah. Like you can't have any dissension there. Here's the one caution, the one word of caution I would have to AB. Because you can clearly see Ben's trying to put it to bed yeah. and distance himself for it. And then AB just comes right back at him. <laughs> but here's one. And this is where I think it adds another layer to it. If I'm Derek Carr. Oh, don't start that. I'm a little oh, bit like, on, all bro. right, so you're boys with me. Is this just to get your ends or are we buddies? Yeah, I'd look on. at him a you little guys bit. Are, you guys are sensitive. No, you're dang right. We're sensitive. sensitive man. We're going to catch all the blame. $35 million dollars a year, man. <laughs> Cry what the baby going to do, Never man. Cut it out. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Fine. White. Frank Reich. Oh. Did I say White? No. Did I screw it up? Frank Wright. Oh, okay. You good. I was Frank just making sure. You know who Frank White was, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's get to it because I definitely want to get to the Carly Lloyd story. So I want to get through this Frank Reich one, uh, quickly. He was, he found himself in an interesting situation because all of a sudden his starting quarterback is gone. Right. And he's got jo- Jacoby Brissett at the helm now, whether he likes it or not. He talked about just their situation right now. Are they in good hands? Just for fun, had the guys the other day say, Hey, how many reps has Jacoby gotten in this offseason with the first team? And it was about 1,200 reps. That's that's more than a season's worth of plays that he's had with the first team here in, the, in practice, counting OTAs and training camp. That's not even counting what we do in phase two. Um, but you can just feel his presence in the huddle on the field, the confidence that he's had, the chemistry with the receivers. Um, we all know that Andrew and T.Y. had a very unique chemistry and connection. For example, I, I can feel that developing with Jacoby and T.Y. I can, you can feel that developing with Jacoby and Ebron uh, and Funchess and the like. So that's been very important that Jacoby's got all those reps. I can see it instantly, seeing him with the guys out on the field. Uh, we are in good hands with Jacoby Brissett as our quarterback. I think he's right. I don't think that's, you know um... – He's doing some damage control, obviously, but I think he makes an outstanding point about the reps at practice. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck has been out of practice rehabbing different ailments for the past couple years. Yeah. So Jacoby Percet does get a lot of reps in practice. He also has a lot of experience playing, and it wasn't the best, but he was thrown into a really bad situation where you're trying to learn a new system on the fly, and it just you never get comfortable in that situation. Now that mentally he's got a grasp of this system, I think he can go out there and succeed. We just had Emery Hunt on, uh, Hunt on said, hey, you can get 10 wins. I think that's absolutely a realistic goal with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I watched him play a ton in college when he went to NC State, was taking the ACC by storm, didn't have a lot of talent around him. He's got a cannon. He's got a really good arm. He's probably not as good an athlete as Andrew Luck, but he's got enough of a skill set to take this team where it wants to go. I just don't know if he can take them I think they're a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. Yeah. That I think is a lofty expectation for Jacoby Brissett. But in a perfect world, if they protect him the way that Andrew Luck, right. I could see them being in that conversation. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think like I, I got all the stats about his record, the four and 11. That 2017 season was a bit unfair to That's, him. Exactly. He was brought in there. Yeah. Right. So I, I also think the, that, that he'll be viable there in Indy because I mean, Think of Case Keenum. What did he do in, in, in Minnesota a couple right. years ago? 13 and three as 13 a perennial three. backup guy. The team yeah. around him was that good. Yep. And he was an, what, average quarterback? Yeah. Like, I would say at minimum, Jacoby Brissett is average. Like, I, I you sure. real, real talk. I think he's probably slightly better, um, than Case Keenum. Just my opinion. He I don't know. He has more natural ability than he's a better, he has more arm talent. Right. Um, now the question is, can he capture what Case Keenum did? Right. That's more to the Colts to put that around him. Correct. But I think that, like the point being, it's not unheard of for quarterbacks that it might not be 
Andrew Luck necessarily or Tom Brady to, to have a team around them that's really, really good and be able to steer that ship to, to, you know, playoffs and, and, and even further in some cases, right? Like you have to, there's a lot of things that play into whether you win a Super Bowl or not. Uh, but I do think they are in a really good shape. Now, clearly, you know, Andrew Luck provides more margin for error than Joby, Jacoby Brissett does, right? Be- because he's more of a talent. But Jacoby's going to be fine, and they've just got to be on point. They're not going to have as much margin for error, the Colts, as a team. But I also think they'll be fine. I also think he has an outstanding coach who understands quarterback play more than most coaches because he played the position for so long And Frank Reich. Right. I think Frank, Frank Reich, Reich has history. <laughs> Frank Reich right. clearly has history when Nick Foles yeah. was a backup and the Eagles helped them win a Super Bowl. Um, he himself was a backup who had to come in and had one of the greatest comebacks of all time when he was in the NFL. So he has familiarity with what Jacoby Brissett is going through. And I think he's going to give him every uh, possible option opportunity to succeed in that spot. All right. Speaking of opportunity to succeed, uh-huh. Carly Lloyd of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. We saw her video go viral not sure. that long ago when she was at camp, training camp, and she went out there, did some pretty nice things. She had some pretty impressive kicks. Sure. The 55-yarder was the one that made rounds. Everybody out there was saying she should be kicking in the NFL. She should be kicking in the NFL. Well, guess what? Carly Lloyd is now reportedly seriously considering pursuing an NFL kicking job, not this year, but in 2020. And according to reports, she had a couple teams offer her to kick in their preseason game this week, which I find is absurd when you think about the competitive nature of the position and how many guys would love to have that opportunity. And without only seeing one kick on tape that really went viral, teams are willing to do that. To me, it seems like an incredible publicity stunt. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, When you've got – and I've had this argument with Joey off off air and or just the discussion. Like when you talk about the people who have dedicated like significant portions of their life um, to mastering kicking the football through uprights and are sitting around right now like chomping at the bit for an opportunity. Not the ones that clearly can't, but all the ones that are like right on the precipice of uh, of making the NFL versus not making the NFL. Um, To see a 50-yarder, albeit as impressive as it was, and to offer that opportunity there rather than to someone who's maybe been in training camps before and is waiting for another invite, I, I have to see it as a publicity stunt too. Uh, I think so too. I think I would love to see it happen. I'd love to see her get that opportunity. Uh, I have three daughters. My wife yeah. played soccer and your wife did too. Sure. Uh, in high school and she always tells me, Oh, the high school football coach wanted me to come out a kicker. And I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, good luck with that. But. And, and it's one of those, it's a unique sport. And this is where I think football takes a lot of criticism. It's a male sport. It's only played by men. And our society now wants to blur the line between men and women more than ever before and equality. And those are all good things. So if there's not another option for Carly Lloyd to go play professional football, then I'm all for it. I don't think she would succeed doing it. That's my personal opinion. I think she would have to work a lot on her technique, not to mind the fact that she's 37. She would be 38. We don't see that many NFL kickers that have done it for a decade succeed after the age of 35. So I think it's a long shot. I'm all for her uh, getting that opportunity. Um, I think she would put the work into it. And for the people, because I do think people say, well, what happens if there's a block kick and she has to make a tackle? I'd say that. Have you looked at many kickers try to make a tackle? No, no, no. I'm not, not exactly pretty. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. She'd have to be willing to take that on. You'd have to be willing to take the hit. I'm and, not saying like the, the tackle. What about the person trying to block you so you can't make the tackle? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what about for me? Do you usually keep two kickers on a roster? 
Uh, no. So, like, so what happens on kickoffs? Right. Like when, when, you know, someone's got, trying to block you, so you can't necessarily make a tackle. Like those are concerns. Yep. You know, I, I, look, if, if she can win a kicking com- a competition and, and she's better than, than a guy, then yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll co-sign on that. Our like, society wants it so bad. I know. That's, 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 that's what I feel like. I feel right. like it's being, the, it's being pushed. It's being pushed. It's being pushed. If, if she can do it and you stole everything else. 37 years old is the big sticking point for me. Right. This is not, this isn't a, a, a women's national team player in their prime. The, and, and NFL kickers are, are, you know, typically past prime at 37 as well. Right. I would worry about that more than anything. Do you know what I mean? But sure. if she get out there and beat out one of the kickers on your team for it, like she deserves it. Go ahead. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. She said she did. She, there was also a comment. Now this is one where I kind of roll my eyes. I think she said she could also play wide receiver because she's fast enough. And I was like, all right, all right, let's stop the conversation right now. I, I don't, I don't know. I give myself a couple. <laughs> we kept talking about this and went down this rabbit hole. Um, football is a violent physical well, sport. Let me, let me look. How about this? Let me just flip the script. Mm-hmm. How offended would people be if, if one of the wide receivers in the NFL, like, Take out the the woman versus man equation. Right. If they said, "Hey, I go play uh, professional soccer at any level right now because right. I'm fast enough." Right. Yeah, we'd say you would look at that person and say, you'd be like, "Stop being an ass." You'd be like, "Stop!" Right? Yeah. They trained. Uh, they're like, "This is something that does." You don't just hop out of bed because I'm fast. I get to do that. Right. Whether you're a man even or a woman. If, exactly. Even if it was Ronaldo or Messi, I would probably say, "No, eh, probably no. not going to do it." No, you try play sport with your feet. Right. Right. Like there. Do you know how many balls have to be caught? How many different, like, that's right. silly. Right. No, it absolutely is silly. But we'll have to see. We'll keep you updated on that story as I think she probably does get that opportunity next year. Uh, and we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Tiger Woods, our favorite golfer on this show. We always watch for him. We always uh, cheer for him. Maybe we know now why the end of the season ended the way it did as far as the PGA Tour was related as Tiger Woods had arthroscopic surgery on his knee um, yesterday said it's part of the process. He's just getting it cleaned out. But I think this does speak to the physical challenges. We were just talking about Carly Lloyd being up there in age at 37. He's getting older. His body is starting to deteriorate. And that's always been my big concern with him. Where is he physically? If he's healthy and he's 100%, I think he can challenge Jack. But if he still has these issues crop up, I think it's going to make it harder and harder for him to get that 18th major. Yeah, the only thing I'll say to that is like a scope is nothing. Pretty minor. It's, yeah. yeah, you're going to be back on your feet in a, a few days. You'll be back, you know, probably jogging in what, like two weeks? Yeah. Half. So that's not a you major. You go to the hospital. R- 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 right. Day, day out. So, so, I mean, it's not a major thing. But I do agree with you, man. Like na- navigating at his age, um, the, the injury you know, uh, the potential injuries, uh, is going to be challenging and figuring out how to train because that was the thing when I got older as an athlete, like when I was younger, I pushed weight yeah. the way we were trained. You know what I mean? Like you wanted to be strong and, and tiger, you remember the, the tiger with the little tiny shirts on and like he blew up and he was fitness crazy. You, you can't train like that anymore when you, when you get to be 35, 36, 37 years old. And so figuring out what you have to do as a regimen to get your body ready for the rigors of a season, uh, presented challenges for me as an athlete as I got older. And I imagine they will for him as well. I think this is maybe a blessing in disguise. It forces him to slow down for a couple of weeks. Right. But I also hope he takes this time to look at the new schedule, which everyone's trying to adapt to when they crunch all these majors down mm-hmm. into a, you know, a shorter window of time. And he looks at his schedule and he has a better plan. Having done it this season, having won the Masters, all right, where do you need to maybe – and I didn't love him going for two weeks to Thailand. Yeah, just cut that out. Find something else where you can get your rest and then come up with a better plan so you can finish the season strong right. as opposed to come out the gate on fire, win the Masters, and then really taper off. See if you can do something where you could challenge in all four majors. That yeah. would be, that's what I hope. Well, I think – you do. know what? I think his 
his focus will probably change anywhere because you got yeah. you got the Masters under your belt now, right? right. So now the, the goal would be probably attacking something else anyway. Yep. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So we've talked a lot about the last couple of days with Andrew Luck's retirement, and I asked you yesterday uh, if you were nervous about your boys playing football. You right. said, no, you don't have any concerns about it. I wouldn't either. As long as they have good coaching, they're wearing the proper equipment, they're being taken care of. If there are signs of concussion, get them off the field. I think football is not as – it's a dangerous, violent sport. I don't think it's as dangerous and violent as the media has made it out to be. Um, and as long as everybody knows the risks and you protect everybody and get the mes- medical care, I would have no problems with that whatsoever. Uh, somebody, one of our listeners did chime in yesterday, Rob Lerner, uh, L-E-H-N-E-R, uh, has listened. He said, why didn't you and Raja push tennis for your kids? You played youth tennis. I did. I played youth tennis. Yeah. I have sisters who play. I have nieces who play. It's a great sport. In fact, my wife and I, we were even talking about my youngest, who is seven, because she's sort of at this age where she's good at soccer. She's good at golf. She's good at basketball. She's good at some different sports. We're like, hey, should we try tennis on her? Cause yeah. she's a pretty good little tennis player. I think it's a great sport. It's something we have considered. I don't know. With my daughters, the way kind of their development was, I don't know. I didn't choose tennis for them. They've all taken tennis clinics and stuff. Sure. I didn't see any natural, oh, they look really good. I saw that in golf with my oldest. So that's the kind of the reason I haven't done it. I think it's a great sport. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's a fantastic sport. I used to drop mine off in, at tennis camps at, at the golf club that I was at. Um, and I watched to see if there's any acumen, like, like yeah. to see if they're, and my sons are also good little athletes. They didn't look good on a tennis court. It didn't look natural for them, <laughs> right. right? But we've also had the conversation about my little three-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and sports that we might want to introduce her to early, and tennis was one of those. Like My dad's an avid tennis player now. My oldest son is actually at American Heritage taking tennis classes um, as an option instead of PE, and he loves it. So we're supporting that, right? I'm going to start getting some tennis lessons and stuff like that. But they didn't gravitate toward it early is the answer for me, and they didn't really look like a <laughs> right. natural thing for them. Right. And great. I burned out. Like tennis was a grind, right? Like that was lessons every day and all of that. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I, why I out of that. You know, I, I could not stand the kids that played tennis. They weren't cool. A lot of other rich kids. They were kind of nerdy and a lot of them cheated. If I started beating them, yeah. I didn't practice. As it was much all honor code, like out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I moved to Miami. I t- I've told this story on air. I moved to Miami. Um, you know, and I got dropped into a school that was like, you know, you had, you know, a lot of different kind of kids, right? And, when I went to play tennis, it was it was only one segment of kids, and that's not who was in my classes and stuff like that. And right. I was like, I, I got to do something for some equity, bro. I'm trying to just fit in. Right. I got to get another sport. <laughs> you know? so, nothing against tennis. Tennis is a great sport. Uh, let's do our shoe showdown, our expanded version. Before we get to ours, uh, let's check out James Harden's latest signature shoe with Adidas. I've always been a fan of his shoes. <clears throat> Here's a look at him. Oh, you're giving him an early ant right there. I love. I, my son loves his shoes too, but I'm ant on that one. All right, so these aren't even available yet. Um, it's his latest signature. Next time you see him on the hardwood, it's hard for me to get a really good look at him. Right. I liked his last edition. You said something to me though. That's why I haven't bought a pair. And even these look heavier. Uh, they, they almost look heavy. So that one I think is probably lighter. I see a lot of foam in it. The mm-hmm. first pair he made, uh, those first ones were really heavy. His last model was pretty sleek. My son really liked to play in it. That one looks a little, a little bit rounder, a little bit bigger profile for me. I, I like sleek profile shoes. I love this segment because we're getting looks at shoes that aren't even officially released yet. Yeah. And that would be the case with Kyrie Irving's latest signature uh, shoe with Nike. The Kyrie 5 was an extremely successful sneaker. Hey, yo. Him and the swoosh. Those are pretty tight. Okay. I kind of like those. And you, from you, I don't own a pair of Kyrie's. But haven't you always told me these are one of the most comfortable like walk-around shoes? It's a very comfy walk-around and playing shoe. Um, Kyrie makes a 
good shoe. I like the fact that he's bringing that heel cut back. The first pair had a studded heel, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people love that. This one doesn't have studs on it, but it's got. You see how it's got that kind of design on the heel back yeah. there? I kind of dig that. And the front, the forefoot strap or front foot strap or whatever is always good for support. I like the I like the simple black too with a little color on the bottom, little eyeballs. It's uh-huh. kind of cool on the bottom. Uh, I definitely like those. All right, for the weekend. Uh, a couple releases. The Air Jordan 1 Obsidian coming out. Retails at 160 Projected resale value at 320 or 450 I like these a lot because they do pay homage to MJ's time at North Carolina. Um, they're even calling these the latest UNC Jordan 1s. I will try to get these at 10 a.m. I'll be on the app trying to get these. I like these a lot. Um, I'm a fan of the Jordan 1s. That's probably my favorite like uh, Jordans hards. that are there. Try hard to me. I know, but there's no chance I'm going to get them. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'll get on there on the stupid app and I'll sit there and be, yeah, the busy or like give me the spinning thing and it freezes up my app, but I will probably try with those. I think those are pretty dope for sure. All right. How about the Jordan 10 Woodland camo? So if you don't like the uh, one, you know, I'm a Jordan 10 fan. I had them the I last shoe Jordan. showdown I had. Them. I know you did. No, I, we're bogus and I shouldn't have lost that one. Not for me. Cause I'm not, I'm not rocking camo kicks. But my boys will like those. Like, yeah. I'll probably get those for them. Those look pretty good. Yeah. 190 is the retail projected resale. Uh, 220 to 250. Yeah, those are pretty pricey too. Jordan, uh, you're bugging, man. Jordan, that Jordan, when it first came out, was $100. I know. Jordan 10 but do you remember? Out. Oh, I'm talking about, remember when Jordan originally came out? When I was, when you and I were in, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, yeah. they were $100 uh-huh. and it was massive. Oh, yeah. That was like, like, oh my gosh, look how much money it is. <laughs> so nothing there. All right. Last one. How about the Adidas DON? Do you know what D-O-N means? Issue one? Um, D-O-N? Day one. This would be the motto of our show. Determination over negativity. Oh. That's kind of corny. That was cornballish. What? Uh, let's see. The retail is 100. I think the resale is going to be about That looks 50. like the Spider Mitchell. Is that? That's not the... That's not the uh... They are. Yeah, yeah, the Don. All right. Oh, I'm tripping. Don. <laughs> Marvel. It's <laughs> <laughs> just say terrible. It's terrible. Don, Donovan Mitchell. I'm like quickly connecting dots slowly here. There you go. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's inspired by Marvel's Iron Spider. I kind of like those. Not a huge fan. I kind of like it. They're all right. Uh, uh, I'm going to say the resale <laughs> is going to be less than 100, which is the reason. So maybe wait on those. I don't think I have to line up. That looks light. Those. Yeah. Low profile. I like, I like the it. box. I like the shoe box. All right. One minute left in the show. Time for our shoe showdown. What do you got? My, all right, my, I have a beef is what well, I what have. What do you have a beef? This is what? a recycled Why, shoe. This is a recycled shoe showdown. You got to step up your game then. There have the to Travis be rules Scott involved. Travis Scott are undefeated. The Cactus Jacks, I could just bring, undefeated right here. So, so you got to step up your I game. I can keep bringing the same shoe every if, week. If you think it could beat the, tra- the, uh, the, the, right. the Travis Scott Cactus Jack, if you think so, I'm going to bring got? out. What I'm going to bring out. This is my favorite shoe of all time. Okay. 1992 see. as a sophomore in high school. Now, is this a remake or watching Fab Five? No, this is this is a remake. Okay. Um, but watching the Fab Five cooler, come out with the, with the Air Hirachi um, basketball shoe, it made my day. It's my favorite shoe of all time. Um, super comfortable. Very little ankle support, but way cool to play basketball in. It's a Nike Air Yeah, just don't roll your ankle in that one. Boom. It's not bad. I kind of like that. I like the Hirachi. Do- this was a, a pair dope of shoe. It is. I mean, it's not as dope as this. This is a dope it's shoe. Our boy not having would a probably a test to who has become our judge I think this show. was going to be closer than you think. Number whatever, one, that's whatever. a recycled shoe. So what? And for a it's sneaker. strong. you got to bring your A game. Sneaker head, a sneaker head. What is this, this then? Air this is the ultimate sneaker head. Anybody can go buy those. Head, bro. Check this out. Ruben will get us updated on his pick for this one. If he doesn't, he's fired. If he doesn't go Cactus Jack, he's fired. 
campaigning. We're back tomorrow. Campaigning right now. No need to campaign. Oh, we still oh we're still 20 about, seconds yeah, out. So we can still talk about how dope these shoes are. See, I, all right, let me talk about the Cactus Jacks. Yeah. What do you all right. like about it? I feel like to be a shoe person, you appreciate original shoes, right? Like yep. the original. Air Jordan like, 4. Like this is just a remake with, with of the 4, which is the an original. Jack? Huh? Who makes it? Like, who, who is the Cactus Jack guy? Like, who, who is Travis who, Scott. Yeah, like that's too much. You're doing that? too much, oh, bro. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here.